0: A few years ago, uh, when I was at LSU uh, as a student, um, when I was, I was on campus, I, one year I decided for Lent that I was going to do, I was going to recommit to something I had done in high school a lot. Um, I was, when I was in high school, I was involved with a few different youth ministries and things, um, and I would pray with scripture, and I really enjoyed praying with scripture, and when I got to college, it kind of fell by the wayside, it, it, I didn't do it as much. So one year for Lent, I said, you know what? I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna pray with Scripture again. I'm gonna try and make it that my Lenten commitment. Every day, pray with Scripture for some amount of time. Um, journal, you know, do like really dive into the Scripture. That was my exci- That was my that was my plan. That was my resolution. I was very excited about this. Great uh, Lent's coming around the corner, and I decide, you know what? I, if I'm gonna pray with Scripture, I need to get a new Bible because um, the old Bible that I had. Uh, for some reason, wasn't going to work, enough. I needed to get a new Bible. If I was going to do a new thing, I wanted to have a new, fresh Bible. You know, um, so I went find an edition that I liked. I found like this nice leather cover; just really felt good in my hands. It was comfortable. I was like, great! I got me a new Bible for my new Lenten penance. This is going to be awesome. So Lent's coming up, and well, I decide, you know what? Well, well, if I'm gonna get a new Bible, then I, I also need a new journal. You know, I'm ready to. I'm sitting down, ready to pray, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I'm not ready yet. I, I need one more piece. I, I forgot my journal, so I went to the bookstore and I went, went fine. It couldn't be just a spiral notebook. It couldn't just be like uh, one of them old composition notebooks, like Harriet the Spy with like the marble cover on it, right? Like it has to be the right size, right look, right feel kind of notebook. This is great. So I go, I I found it. All right, good. I found my, I found my notebook. So now I go back and I sit down to pray and I'm getting ready. And then finally I I went, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. Got to get the right pen. If I don't have the right pen to write in the right notebook to pray with the right book with the, with the right Bible, then it's all going to be thrown off. Like it's got to be the right pen. Is it going to be a gel pen? Is it going to be a ballpoint pen? Is it going to be something that like am I, when I write, am I going to write in cursive or am I writing print? Like how how am I going to write in this notebook? By the time I finished this whole thing, it was three weeks in the Lent, and I hadn't sat down to pray with Scripture yet. There was something wrong because I hadn't done what I decided to do. You know, there was a, I, had, I had an idea. I should do this. But I didn't actually get myself in gear, prepare well, and do it. Today in our Scripture, today in our Gospel, when Jesus is proposing these two people, that's kind of the fundamental question that happens. That's kind of the fundamental tension that happens in the Scripture. Is that there is something that they should do, But that doesn't necessarily mean that they do it, right? There is something that both of these sons should do, but they don't necessarily get themselves in gear and do it. When we look at the scripture, we're gonna recognize, we gotta recognize the context a little bit before we really break open what's happening and what Jesus is trying to draw out as the teaching for both the Pharisees and the crowds and for us. Right before this, where they were talking about John the Baptist, and you even hear Jesus mention John's name, and He's talking about John the Baptist. When John the Baptist came, when John the Baptist was sent out as a prophet, what John the Baptist was preaching was was God's mercy. He was preaching a a message of repentance to the people that He spoke to. So John is out there preaching and proclaiming the mercy of God. That the Messiah is going to come to forgive sins. John was baptizing with water, to forgive sins. Pharisees had had an issue with this. Ultimately, Herod puts him to death. And the Pharisees, they take that issue and they bring it to Jesus today, right before this Scripture, and they start to challenge Jesus on who was John. On what was John doing. Was he a prophet, or was he crazy? Might have been both, right? Right? Jesus, instead of answering the question directly, He looks at him and He throws out today's message. Today's Gospel. He says there was two sons. The first son was asked, go out into the vineyard and work. Nah, I'm good. No thank you, Dad. But then, He changes His mind, or a better translation of that phrase, He repents for what He has done. And He goes out and does the work. So initially, this son is, pro- is, is given a proposal from his father. He says no, he denies it, he pushes it away, but then he repents, and he goes out and does the work. The second son Jesus brings up. There's a second son, and the second son, he, he has the same offer, go out and work in the vineyard. And he tells him, alright, I will. And he never moves. And he doesn't do it. And he's not worried about actually going out and doing the work that he was asked to do. Obviously, we see the first son did his father's will, even though at first he denied the invitation. When I was in, uh, when I was in high school, one of the things I would do, um, my ritual every day when I got home from school, I'd get home from school, I'd walk in my room, put on my PlayStation, and tune out the rest of the world. It was pretty much every day. Video games every afternoon. Now, that that was something that was just mindless and it was something that was easy and it was something that just I could turn my mind off from school, the drama, the whatever, and I could just focus on something that was in front of me and it was a game and it was fun. Instead of spending the hours and hours playing video games that I would... I could have been doing a lot of different things. I, I played baseball. I could, have, I could have been practicing, running, doing something instead of just laying on my floor, eating little Debbie's by like the handful and just playing sports on a video game for hours. I could have been studying. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't dumb by any stretch of the imagination, but I, I, I could have been like, a, I could have really worked on my schooling and got like scholarships and stuff and went to school and saved my parents some money. That would have been helpful, but I didn't. Instead, I just sat down and played mindless video games for hours on end. Whenever I would do this, a lot of times, and this is the funnest one, uh, my mom was at MASH yesterday, it was really funny. But like, what would happen is, is, I would sit down, my mom would come home from work, and she would be asking me, what well, about my day at school? She would say, John David, come see. But I was locked in, and I ignored it every single time, okay? Then I'd hear, John David, Come see. Deaf, Just ignore it. I see it going on. I'm just not worried about that. I'm going to stay right here. Then you'd get the John David. Well, okay, I'm in trouble, right? If I would have got up and answered the call, if I would have got up and answered what she was asking me to do the first time, it never turns into a screaming match. I never get in trouble. But instead, it was just really easy to ignore it and to put it on the back burner. I think what happens, if we, if we want to break open that idea of the second son, it's very easy for us sometimes to say, yes, I'm going to do that. But we can get distracted with things that just waste time. We can get distracted of things of the world. We can get distracted with a lot of things that just are easy and mindless, and we just plug into and tune out the rest of the world. It's very easy just to, to scroll through Facebook or Instagram. It's really easy just to kind of to, to constantly text or be in conversation with somebody. It's really easy to do a lot of these things that we can just tune out the rest of the world and give way too much of our focus to. When in reality, God is inviting us, like the, like the two sons, just to come and work in His vineyard. We want to be a better student, a better athlete, or a better son, I could have just turned off the video games and committed to something else. To actually do something else. You see, today in our Gospel, when Jesus is breaking open this image, He doesn't break open this image just for the sake of trying to teach us a moral lesson of saying, okay, whenever you say you're going to do something, you should do it. What He's teaching us in this is that God's mercy, even if we deny the call at the beginning, is is important for us to have repentance and to come back to the Lord. It's it's better for us if we deny at first to repent and do the work of the Lord than to say we're going to do it and those words be empty and hollow. Or to have the externals and let that be empty and hollow. For example, externals that are empty and hollow, making sure i got the right Bible and the right journal and the right pen. See, the Lord is inviting all of us to live, his, to live a life in relationship with Him and out doing the work in the vineyard. God calls every single one of us to go out and to be His disciple. And you know what? If in your life you have not perfectly answered that call, it's okay. Because He's still inviting you. Even if in your life, at the beginning of your life, or sometime in high school or college, you fell away from the faith, or you had some sin that you just don't want to remember that's behind you, Like if any, any of this stuff is, is speaking to you, the Lord is saying, I'm still inviting you. And the first son gives us hope. The thing God doesn't want for, for us, the thing that God is petrified for on, on our behalf, is that if we stay like the second son, where the externals of our faith are simply just something that's empty or hollow or doesn't speak to the relationship God is calling us to. That was the life of the Pharisees. That was what the Pharisees were doing. They relied on their status. They relied on what they did. They relied on the externals to preach how good and how holy they were. But Jesus challenges them. It says tax collectors and prostitutes, the worst of the sinners in their society, the worst of the sinners are entering heaven before you. Because you're all about externals. And they're hollow. God, we, we all have fallen into sin at some point. We all continue to struggle with a fight against sin. And, and I'm the first to admit that. But God continues to invite us, even though we fall, He continues to invite us to repent and recommit to Him. To repent from what we've done, to repent from the choices that we've made, to repent from the ways in which we've forgotten to live our faith or proclaim His Gospel. And God continues to invite us into the work of the vineyard into the work of building up the kingdom of God where we are today. Our church gives us a lot of of beautiful signs in the sacraments, a lot of beautiful ways in which we interact with God, and if we want to see the best sign of repentance that God has for each one of us, it's in the sacrament of confession. Whenever, you hear, whenever I say confession, I always feel like there's this kind of like small interior gasp that happens for a lot of people. Well, Father, like, i got to go talk to You? Well, the, the church has established the sacrament of confession because you know what? Yes, you can go and confess to God on your own. But, the, but we don't know for sure if your sin has been forgiven. But in the sacrament of confession, the way that, the way that Jesus has established it, the way that it says it in the book of St. James, that it's through the sacrament, through going to the priest and bringing our offenses before the priest, that we know for a fact that God forgives us. It's the best outward sign we have of repentance. It's the best sign that we have. It's the way in which we know that God forgives our sins. That we can tap into the beautiful mercy that God has for us. And he cleans us and reestablishes us as his sons and daughters. Just think for a minute. When was the last time you went to confession? Carry the two. Is it years, months, weeks, or days? It doesn't matter. The invitation is still the same. The Lord is inviting you and I in whatever ways we have rejected His invitation to go out into the vineyard, in whatever ways our words may, may have been hollow or our actions may have been hollow or prideful, the Lord invites you and I to repent and to follow Him. To repent and not be distracted by the things of the world. To repent and to come back into His good grace. To repent and have His mercy work a miracle in our lives. He's waiting for us in the sacraments. He waits for us today in the sacrament of the altar where He comes to us, He feeds us, and He sends us out again. He sends us out to be His children. He sends us out into His vineyard to help bear fruit. May today as we come to this sacrament, may today as we come to this Mass, We not be distracted with things of this world or empty and hollow in the ways that we work and what we say and what we do. But let us repent and let the Lord work a miracle in our life.